Hi there, this is Wafa Al-Abedat. You are listening to the Women Power Podcast, a subsidiary platform to the Women Power Summit, the largest event in MENA, with the aim of empowering women and helping them achieve their absolute highest potential. Each week on the Women Power Podcast, you will hear honest, vulnerable, authentic, real conversations from inspiring women. These women will share their experiences and stories into what it takes to build a successful business and career. The podcast will share insight and inspiration and hopefully inspire action and lead change. Maha Gorton is a luxury brand consultant, content creator, designer and a mother of three. After studying business management at Manchester Business School, Maha merged her passion for creativity with her business background and launched the online kids wear and accessories brand Little Farasha. Maha's love of fashion and style led her to working with numerous international fashion houses and luxury brands as a content creator and ambassador. And most recently, she has expanded the scope of her work to include holistic consulting for luxury brands internationally. Maha's personal journey allows her to use her platform to raise awareness for causes close to her heart, such as sustainability, women's rights, health, and well-being. Welcome, Maha. I just wanted to ask you, how has COVID been for you and what has life been like, uh, you know, post-COVID and how are you, you know, how has life changed? Oh, I think like everyone, COVID in the thick of it was really challenging, you know, with the restrictions, the limitations, the anxiety, um, not being able to travel and see family. And I was also going through my own health journey at the time. So that added to the challenge of it all. Um But I think COVID really forced us all to slow down and really take stock of our lives and focus on what matters most. With the tragic losses and the difficulty that the world faced globally, it has also brought some changes which I think are really positive, like remote working, which I think is here to stay. Um, And people are focusing a lot more on self-care and self-love and not to mention putting a spotlight on the importance of mental health. No, I agree. I totally agree. I think um, things have changed so much in the past two years. And, you know, it's really forced everyone to really stop and introspect on a lot of things, you know, in terms of like your personal life and professional life and, and always. Um, like so backtracking to your early life, I really want to know about like where you grew up and what was your childhood like? I was born in Dubai to British Egyptian parents. Um, I... Growing up, I lived in Dubai, Doha, London, Muscat. And then when I was 10 years old, my older sister and I went to boarding school in the south of England. And I stayed there until I went to university in Manchester. So that was it. And growing up, I traveled a lot and have extended family all over the world. So we were always traveling. That's that's great. That's like uh, you're living the dream. (laughs) (laughs) I think you studied business management, right, at university? I mean... Did you were you always passionate about it? What was it like for you? What was uni like for you? Well, I wanted to go to drama school. Um, yeah, so I, but I was advised to get a university degree first, um, which is why I chose something that wasn't too specific because I really had no idea at that point what I really wanted to do. And in hindsight, it really was a great choice because it was so multifaceted. So I kind of kept my options open. 
Yeah, no, that is smart because that's exactly what I did because I wanted, I was looking at being like a doctor and I really wanted to do me, go to like med school and stuff. But I was like, you know what, maybe if I choose, if I opt for science, that, that could be an option. I keep, I can like just widen my options. But anyway, that didn't work out. And here I am. So, um, yeah. Um, so I really want to talk about drama school. Like, um, why, like, what, what, what was your inspiration? Why did you want to, why, why was that like your first choice? Growing up, I was involved in the theatre a lot. So as soon as I went to boarding school, um, I had started, I had a, a drama partner and an acting coach. We did a lot of um, local festivals in East Sussex, um, everything from poetry to Shakespeare um, to more modern plays. And, um, and I just loved it. I loved the stage and the adrenaline that comes from that performance night moment. Ma, like what was your first job and what did it teach you? It feels like another lifetime ago. Um, well, my first job was as a sponsorship manager at um, Medina Jamira for the theater events there. Um, what did it teach me? I think it taught me to identify solutions. So I would have to find a theme within a show and see and find a brand or a company that there was a, a thread there, a common thread and explore the different angles about how um, that connection, that collaboration would benefit them. So it really taught me to understand a problem or a goal for a client and identify solutions. So I think I just want to say that you are like a super mom because you are a mother of three. You are a, a luxury brand consultant. You're a content creator. You're doing so many things. And I just wanted to ask you, how do you juggle all these different roles? Like, you know, of course, being a mother is a whole, whole like it's a role in itself. And like, how are you, um, you know, juggling all of it? Well, I think with all of the work elements that I that I do, the different hats work wise, they all have a common thread running through them. Um, so they're very much connected. But I think for any working mother, you have to learn to juggle because all of it is so important. Um, in short, I really think that it comes down to organization and prioritizing my time. And with work, I, I focus on quant quality rather than quantity. Um, and I've designed my own my life to be my own boss so I can be there for my children. I think you did mention that you, uh, you know, who work with like numerous luxury brands and like a lot of, you know, international fashion houses and like you've just done a lot of work with them. And I think one of them being Cartier, like you were a brand ambassador to them. So I just want to talk about like your, you know, your experience working with them. Like, how was it like? What what was that like? What was the experience like? Oh, it was such an honor to um, represent such a beautiful and iconic brand. And I'm still continue to be a friend of the Maison. Um, so my ambassadorship allowed me to travel globally with them representing the UAE market. And Cartier has such a rich history and the team are amazing and so passionate. So learning about the background of the Maison, the inspiration behind the collections, you two become very, very passionate um, about the collections and the Maison as a whole. It's no secret that over and over again, we're constantly getting stuck in our careers which is probably why you're listening to this podcast. You could be stuck or demotivated or uninspired and you don't know who to go to for questions or for connections or someone who's been there, done that, which is why we're building an exciting platform called Playbook. Playbook uses the power of storytelling by game-changing women to help you hack your life, both personally and professionally. 
We're building a resourceful community where you can find the answers to all your questions from mentors and diverse women that are all trying to figure out the ins and outs of their careers. You can be a part of our story from the very beginning and create and build your legacy with us by becoming a founding member. For a one-time fee of $500, you get a bunch of perks, such as lifetime access to our platform, an official founding member certificate that you can share on LinkedIn, and a testimonial for your LinkedIn page, plus 20 scholarships in your name to girls and women from different parts of the world who unfortunately don't have access to the education they need. Check out our website, www.getplaybook.com to learn more about how you can be a founding member of our platform. I'm sure there were a lot of struggles and challenges when you first started out. Um, I really want to know, like, what? how did you face them? Like, what helps you get through them? I think every situation comes with its own challenges and its own benefits. Overall, I think it was really just rebuilding my career after predominantly being a full-time mother for so long, sort of facing the unknown head-on and creating my own path. Um, and in terms of, yeah, that's it. And is that how a little Frasha came to life? Like, how how did that come to be? Like, was it, I'm sure it was probably after, like, um, you know, you you became a mother. And was that when you sort of had the idea of like, okay, you know, I can start a business and this totally caters to me. And Little Farasha was initially a play group um, that was started in 2010 when I had uh, my daughter and expanded into an accessories brand in 2012 when I had then had the twins. And it was really born out of my own needs as a mother, what I wanted for my children. I couldn't find what I wanted for them. So I did it myself. So did you have like a founding team or were you the sole founder? Like what was your, what were you like your team dynamics? Well, it's just me, um, <laughs> a team of one. Um, in the, from the marketing side, I work really closely with my sister who is a marketing consultant. And which is great because she knows me inside out and how my, my brain works and I trust her implicitly. Um, and then I have the product development team, which is my kids. <laughs> so every piece of little Farasha is worn or used by my children. I get their feedback before it goes into production. And often I make some tweaks based on their feedback um, and other than that, it's just me. So like, when did you guys, uh, you know, when was uh, Little Farasha founded? Like, uh, has it been a while? Like, what, what has and what's, what's the scaling been like? Well, yeah, so it was a playgroup in 2010 and then it became the accessories brand in 2012. Okay, and are you guys like selling through, um, you know, any kind of e-commerce platforms? And do you, do you like, are you just like um, selling out in Dubai or are you based on like, um, you know, scaling it to other locations as well? Um, well, now, especially with COVID, everything went online um, before I was stocking to different boutiques around the GCC. Um, but now it's, they're predominantly online and I have my own e-commerce platform as well. Okay, that's great. Um, I I think like, so well, from what I know, like Little Farasha really sort of focuses on values such as, you know, being a sustainable brand and, you know, um, uh, and focusing on other kinds of aspects like, you know, just, just helping, um, you know, with like, you know, your mental health being and your, your wellness and like women's rights, especially I think these are the values that are mentioned. So I just wanted to talk about like why um, these are so important to you or why you want to like highlight these, um, you know, with your, um, you know, within your brand. Those topics are something that I use uh, to, 
my own personal brand to raise awareness to with. Those topics are uh, matters that I address on my own personal brand as opposed to with Little Farasha. Um, and I do like to use my platform in a purposeful way. So working in fashion, you learn so much about the industry. And I feel like we have a responsibility to share that knowledge, specifically about the environment and the importance of sustainability. Um, and as a mother of a daughter, especially in this region, equal rights and equal opportunities for girls here, and of course, globally, is something that I'm very sensitive about. And following on from my own journey, I try to raise awareness about the importance of women's wellness and women's rights come into that as well, but as well as self-love and self-care and women's health. Yeah, no, that's because that's something that we love to focus on as well. Um, you know, being, of course, a podcast that is totally revolving around a woman's rights and just um, creating opportunities for women. I feel like these values are so deeply rooted in what we um, sort of strive to achieve as well. And uh, I think it's just something that is so important, especially in this part of the region. Um, you really need to um, highlight these values and be able to, um, you know, empower other women to do as well. So um, coming back to Little Farasha, um, so what do you think makes your brand different from every other brand that, um, you know, is within the same um, category, you can say? I don't like to compare. I think there's room for everybody and each brand brings something to the table. Um, what I can answer is what makes Little Farasha Little Farasha. Uh, all the products are from the bibs to the Ramadan calendars. They come from a mother's needs for her own children and they're designed with that love and passion. And there's something different. Um, I believe that my collections also are this fusion and that bridge of East and West. So when I want to like talk a little bit about like holistic consulting. Is that something that you do for Farasha or is it like for your, um, you know, as your role as a consultant and for like other brands and stuff? So what is holistic consulting and why did you choose to integrate it within your work? Okay, so consulting holistically is about working with a brand in a complete way. Um, to understand what they want to achieve and how best to go about it, be it a trunk show to drive sales, an event to establish a community and network, social media content, written content. Um, even for smaller startups, um, their use of social media itself to and how to best reach there and connect with the relevant community to build their own brand and the brand image. So I like to build long-term relationships with the brands I work with. And so working in this way really supports that. So Maha, you are a successful mompreneur. Um, and what do you think in this region, um, you know, like how would you empower other women to start their own businesses and become entrepreneurs and, and mompreneurs in, in general? Like what do you think would be your advice to um, other moms who are looking to, you know, uh, grow professionally and personally? I'm still rebuilding. I was predominantly a full-time mother for 14 years and, it, and it's been challenging deciding what direction um, I want to take my career in. And then, like I said, having the courage to work for myself. So as a single mother, I can be there for my kids um, and do everything else. Um, for me in this journey so far, reaching out for advice, and guidance and support along the way has helped immensely, especially at times when I started to feel really overwhelmed. Um, and of course, celebrating little victories along the way.
that's been really important. I mean, taking one day at a time, celebrating the small goals, and and obviously, inshallah, you, you're going to get. To, you know, everyone does. You know, we have these big goals in mind, and eventually, when you celebrate the small ones, you 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 tend to get there. Um, so, in terms of little farasha, like, what are your plans next? Like, do you um, you know, in terms of like, do you have like a five year plan, or do you, do you want to? Are you working on other ventures currently? Like, well, the focus very much is on my consultancy, um, the brand work that I do and my writing um, so I'm working on some really exciting projects that are coming up in the areas of um, fashion new technology and wellness uh, and it's really exciting do you ever feel like everybody around you has things figured out when it comes to their career except for you do you look at successful people and want to figure out how do they make a living doing what they love do you ever feel like what you're learning in school and university is not what you see yourself doing Welcome to Playbook, where we're trying to change the dynamic and reinvent career progression for women. We want to be with you every step of the way as you navigate the challenges in your journey. We're building a platform that gives you a community and content that also uses the power of storytelling through shared experiences by game-changing women who've shattered the glass ceiling. Join our waiting list and be the first to know when the platform goes live. Get on get-playbook.com to sign up to our newsletter and be the first to pilot our new technology. Let's dive a little bit into like uh, you as a content creator and a writer as well. Like um, you've written for a lot of, um, you know, um, amazing and famous, uh, well-reputed publications. Can you talk a little bit about that? Okay, so I first started writing a style column for Architectural Digest Middle East, um, which I really enjoyed. And then during the pandemic, I had the opportunity to write for a number of, I'd write a number of op-ed pieces for other leading publications like Esquire Middle East, Moget, um, Elm Middle East, um, on topics such as traveling during the pandemic, uh, my journey, what, how the pandemic and COVID has changed the world and, and, and my life. Um, and then also magazines like Saida Tea on women's health, specifically on breast cancer awareness. So it's been really a cathartic process and really fulfilling. For me, it gives a much deeper connection with my audience and with my network, with the community. And I just love to write and I, I enjoy expressing my thoughts in that way. And like I said, it's a much deeper um, it's a much deeper form of content creation for me. No, it is. It is. I think writing is so. Um, it's 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 such an amazing way to be able to express your emotions and connect with your audience because I, I don't think uh, you could probably do that by watching something, but really by reading and by writing that you can really make that connection. It's, it's very personal. Um, were you always passionate about it? Like, how did you, um, you know, how did you like you realize? Oh, okay, I love writing, and this is my seemingly becoming my passion you know I realize whenever my my thoughts are jumbled if I want to clear my head if I have a lot of thoughts or feelings um that I always found myself reaching for pen and paper and it is just something that I've I've always been drawn to doing and I journal every morning um and uh, it, yeah it's something that something just a, a way I've always expressed myself doing any tips and tricks on becoming a, a really good content creator or writing content that really stands out or something that catches eye? Being authentic, being authentic, being audience focused. I think one has to ask what the viewer can take out of it. So when the community benefits, you 
or the brand that you're supporting benefit. Authenticity all the way. Maha, <laughs> um, how do you deal with failure? How do you do, deal with, um, you know, I mean, there are phases like, you know, when you're feeling low and when like things don't seem to be working out, how do you, how do you persevere? How do you get through? I try not to believe in failure. I think it's important to try and look and force yourself to look for a lesson in it somewhere. Um, and I often find that if things just don't seem to be working out, it's a matter of taking a step back. That's the time to, for me to reach for the journal and to um, remind myself of what my goals are, what my aims, what I want to achieve. And once you get that clarity back, you'll find that things start to fall into, into place. So we like to end all our podcasts with one question, which is, what is your um, superpower? <laughs> well, if my kids are listening, it's that I have eyes in the back of my head. <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, I know that my friends consider me to be uh, an empath, um, putting myself, um, putting others' needs first. Um, so I think learning to set my own boundaries has taken super strength and it's really a superpower. It really is. And it's something I think that each and every woman can learn. You know, the women that put their own needs and self-care on the back burner. So it's a very empowering superpower. Boundaries. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening to an episode of the Women Power Podcast. And thank you for downloading and streaming our podcast every week. If you love what you've heard, tag us on Instagram and follow the Woman Power podcast and Woman Power Summit account for more information on our next episode. Please leave a rating review wherever you get your podcast. It really helps other women discover the show. That's it from me. See you next week.